All right. Hello, over, hello, everybody, and welcome back. <laughs> Holy man, just tripping over my tongue here on a hot start. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording on the Tuesday evening for our Wednesday, October 12th episode, episode number 63. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some players that we can kind of uh, put in the rear view mirror and uh, a little bit of week six preparation. But uh, before we get started, we'll say hello to the fellas. And uh, then we'll dive into it. Uh, this week, we're going to start things off with Armand. Uh, Armand uh, talking trades already and trying to shake things up on the old uh, redraft roster. But what's been uh, what's been keeping you busy? Oh, uh, football and, and family and just loving life. Uh, we went down to the lake for Thanksgiving and had a good uh, Thanksgiving weekend there with the in-laws. And Griff ended up going swimming. So... Uh, any of you who aren't from Saskatchewan, if you happen to be listening, like it's getting pretty cold here to be swimming. And the the wife and I were going down to a park by the beach and she was like, I, well, I was like, oh, like, I don't know. We should go to the other other park because if he sees the water, he's wanting going to go in. She's like, no, he won't. He won't. It's too cold. He won't. I was like, he doesn't know. Like he's a baby. Well, not a baby, but he's a toddler. He's never experienced water in the fall before yeah and sure enough he wanted to go in he took his first few steps and he was like oh my god <laughs> but then uh after he got used to it he ran around in the water for like half an hour just in his diaper what uh what lake were you guys at armin uh candle lake oh yeah nice yeah and that's a cold lake to begin with too so i can imagine how brisk that would have been yeah, it was a little chilly, but uh, he was loving it, and then we just bundled him right up after, and he was good to go. Right on. Zach, how about you? How was the uh, nice little bit of a long weekend? Yeah, the weekend was good there, but uh, as Armin's story went on there, just the uh, the check marks for the old CPS uh, checklist there was just going off. Kid in the lake, kid in the cold lake, kid in the lake in his diaper. Oh, man. <laughs> Child Protective Services was just like, my man, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, who's this Armin guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, my, man, I, well, first of all, it was kind of bunk. I had uh, master's classes Friday, Saturday. So I don't know how that ended up getting scheduled on the long weekend. That kind of sucked. But uh, a little bit of refing and then actually got to go down to Battleford and visit my parents and uh, family for a little bit, which was awesome because I haven't seen them in well, I think honestly, since my wedding. So it's been quite some time. It was a busy summer and busy start up to the school year. So it was nice to get some time with them and my brother and see my niece and nephew and whatnot. So that was that was pretty awesome. Then uh, back to work and back to the grind here. So um, before we get started here, two things I want to talk about. First of all, is there a worse football game that you can possibly think of in your years of watching football than that Thursday nighter we watched between Indianapolis and Denver? Either one of you, I guess. The arm and shaking his head. But, Zach, you got anything that could rack the brain to compete with that one? I uh, I didn't get to watch the game. We were actually in North Battleford for football. But uh, our, uh, we had the You're one welcome. assistant coach uh, keeping his eye on his cell phone. And he was like, there's been like three trips to the red zone where the Broncos haven't done Jack Diddley. So, um from what I heard and from the the articles I read, yeah, it was pretty poor. Was but I'm sure there I'm sure there was some like 
Browns Jaguars color rush game from like four years ago that was equally as bad. At least one of those games had a touchdown. Like this, <laughs> it, it was incredible. Like if you would have watched TSN, the you know the highlight recap of it. That's it. That's that was the highlight recap right there. Me pausing for three seconds. Like it was unbelievable, and it was like one of those ones where it's like I just hope this goes to overtime because that just makes the most sense that this terrible football game ends up going overtime. And sure enough, and there it went. I was. I, honestly, it was it was like a it was a car crash. It was just so bad you just could stop watching it. But <laughs> I used complaining the entire time. Then we got a nice little treat there coming back on the Monday nighter and a little story for you guys um, in the dynasty league that I was undefe- was emphasis on the was undefeated in. I needed like forty points, I think it was, or thirty seven points from Travis Kelsey, and he had Waller playing and I had Kelsey playing, and my team crapped the bed big time. But you know, Travis Kelsey, who knows checking in late in the first quarter I think got one point or something like that middle of the second quarter he's had like two points and then if you watch the Monday Nighter you know what happens he ended up with four tutties on I think you ended up being like 55 or 52 yards on seven receptions like so I ended up losing by I think it was two and a half points or three points or something like that it was ended up getting pretty close it was, it was a it was a riveting Monday Nighter still followed by an L but it was a it was a lot of fun to watch that has to be the most efficient four touchdowns in NFL history for like the amount of yardage he got. I had him in a, or I have Kelsey in a redraft league that's standard. So not even getting any points for the receptions. So I looked at his score thinking, Oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. And it was like 25. <laughs> I was like, just a, just a regular day for Kelsey. Yeah. We're watching, you know how most fantasy players are watching you. The game's going on. You're thinking about, okay, I got this many points. How how can I get the ball back in his hands? I'm thinking, okay, Vegas, you got to score. This game's over. They're going to burn the clock. Vegas goes down there and throws that bomb touchdown to Adams. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this game's going to be tied. The ball's going back. Now. I think I needed, like, two catches for, like, 20 yards, and I would have won. And then freaking Vegas goes for two and misses. So now I know Casey's going to burn the clock out. They don't have to pass the ball. And I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. This comeback's going to happen. And then Vegas, just with one of the all-time worst decisions possible, pisses the game away on the goal line. But, <laughs> oh, well, that's fantasy football. It was it was really enjoyable for being down 40 points. I had a great Monday, <laughs> Monday night sitting <laughs> on the couch just screaming at my television. But um, we'll get things going here into the 22 fresh quick question of the week. And our question here is for the upcoming week number six. Um, so this question is, uh, who is a player that you are moving on from and not looking back? So whether that be you're trying to trade them, um, cause I mean, some names are too valuable to just outright cut them. Uh, so maybe you're trying to package them up in a deal and just get rid of them. You don't care if you take the L on the trade a little bit, but at least you're getting some sort of value back uh, or you're just going to straight out like outright cut them. And, uh, maybe we'll start with Zach because this one cuts deep because, I think you beat me to the punch here. I, maybe I just didn't have the willpower to actually write this one down, but I, I think I agree with you on this one. I was so sad Zach wrote this one down. I, but it's so, I, it's so like, true. I it saw Zach so had it and I was like, oh, come on. Oh, let's, let's hear it, Zach. Yeah, so apparently I have a popular guy here. Um, I'll be cutting uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, he was going sixth or seventh round, depending on the size of your league. Um as an average draft position of 72 um, in half point leagues. 
to this point in the year, he just hasn't uh, put together really any type of solid production, um, especially not compared to what me and you know many other people kind of uh, expected. He has seen his rushing attempts drop from 12 in the season opener down to one this week, um, as well as his targets. They have also dropped from four in week one down as low as one in week three and then two uh, this past week. Um, the highest point total he's had on the year is 14.7. Well, that's in standard leagues, pardon me. 15.2 and a yeah, 15. 15. half point leagues. Um, and that was just because he had two uh, baloney, like two yard touchdowns on the goal line against Nothing Buffalo. Against the, yeah, against the Bills. Like, um, yeah, so maybe he has it now to turn it around. Uh, but right now he's sitting as RB44. So not somebody that I am looking forward to keeping on my bench anymore uh, at his current rate. So I will likely be cutting bait sooner rather than later. There was a lot of value to be had there, I think, especially if you thought this Miami offense was going to take a step forward. And I think there is value to be had because if you look at Raheem Mostert, he's taking complete advantage of that. And we talked about him, I think it was either the week one or it was the leading up to the week one. That was somebody that you might be adding to your waiver wires. And that was one of the names that we discussed was if we if Chase Edmonds kind of doesn't pan out like we think it is, then Raheem Mostert obviously is going to take advantage of those opportunities. And, and actually, Armin and I were talking a little fantasy before we started recording here, and that was one of the names we discussed a little bit was Raheem Mostert. So um, I think that's in the situation where we're talking about cutting or getting rid of this. I think the only reason to be holding on to Chase Edmonds is if you're the, if you're the Mostert owner, because if injury happens to Mostert, who is 29 or 30 years old, if I remember correctly, and if you've been around fantasy football long enough to remember him in San Francisco, uh, that he has this lengthy injury uh, history. So it is possible that he can go down to injury and then Evans would step back into that role. But um, if you're just a straight up Edmonds owner with no most, there, there's, there's not a lot of reasoning to, to keep holding on to him because it's, it's looking real bleak here for, for Chase Edmonds owners. Uh, Armin, you want to share yours? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. So um, I wrote down a few honorable mentions of Jerry, Judy, Melvin Gordon, and Antonio Gibson, but the guy that I'd be moving on from the most, is Darnell Mooney. Um, he was a uh, guy that everyone was probably hoping could repeat and build on what he did last year, and he just has not been. And maybe not any fault of his own, just the Chicago offense is letting him down here, and they're so run heavy and not passing the ball and not passing it very effectively either when they do. So um, I'd be moving on from Mooney if I had him on my team. I fortunately do not have him on any of my rosters but yeah I like the fact you gave a couple honorable mentions too because I had a few names that I was hemming and hawing about and and you know and then didn't come down they ended up coming down to one but I'll, I'll give my honorable mentions after two but um actually you know might as well right now one of them is Kyle Pitts uh, I'm terrified about him but just the fact that the tight end landscape is so bleak that it's kind of those ones where it's hard to move on from somebody <laughs> that's so talented because he could put up a 30 point week, but it's just, you keep getting two points every single week, expecting the best. Honestly, I have Kyle Pitts in one league and he was out this last week. So I picked up David and Joku and I got 14 points off my tight end position. It's like, Oh, that's what that's supposed to feel like it, more than two points from your tight end. That's <laughs> nice. Um, so Kyle Pitts and then also uh, George Kittle, 
are both two names where if I could package them up and get a David Njoku type tight end, um, or, you know, maybe even, uh, I'm trying to think of maybe Higby, uh, who's getting a lot of targets, but then you can get yourself better to another position. Like you can package them up a little bit and get these tight ends in a kind of a two for two type deal or something like that. Uh, I'd be willing to do that because they're big names and tight ends that people are pretty familiar with. And maybe they think that this Njoku run or, you know, this Higby run will eventually fizzle out that they've been disappointed in the past. That's something that I'd be looking to do. I wouldn't outright cut either of those tight ends by any stretch of imagination, but it's it's very difficult putting them in your in your starting roster. But the one name I wanted to talk about that um, I, I mentioned him in the past, and I'm gonna say his name now and probably not say his name again is uh, <laughs> is Allen Robinson. Is this if you had him last year, you felt the burns and you know what I'm talking about. And that's probably why maybe I put this asterisk beside his name, but uh, I'd be moving on from Allen Robinson because so far his fantasy finish uh, or fantasy points throughout the weeks, he had that 13.3 fantasy week where he had uh, one touchdown. So he got 13.3 points uh, with a touchdown, take that touchdown away. He would be sitting with, again, ends up being seven points, but still significantly his best week. Uh, and then after that, he's got a 3.3, uh, 1.7, a 2.7, and a 1.7 with a grand total of 12 receptions after five weeks in one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. I know they are having a little bit of a difficult little stretch here that uh, Rams offense, but they are definitely one of the top offenses I would consider and to only have 12 receptions. Like Van Jefferson's coming back right away and he's going to have more than 12 receptions. So uh, Allen Robinson, the only time he gets looked at is – that terrible fade route uh, in the red zone. So uh, Alan <laughs> Robinson, maybe try and sell off the name, but uh, I'd be moving on from him because it's uh, it's tough sliding for Alan Robinson and it's two straight seasons of just being absolutely terrible. Um, moving into some insiders and headliners, speaking of terrible, we've got some, we've got some injuries to talk about. So I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So this one kind of sucks for Armin, because I know, Armin, you're a big fan of this guy. Uh, you had some pretty spicy takes for him last season. Uh, but now maybe it actually opens the doors for one of your favorite rookie running backs to take over here for the Seattle <laughs> offense. But Rashad Penny. Um, signed a one-year kind of prove-it deal and was actually doing that. He was coming off to a pretty solid fantasy start. First two weeks were a little bit sketchy, but then he had two pretty good starts after that. Uh, But he ended up breaking his fibula this past week. Uh, He is going to be out for the remainder of the season, which means it is Kenneth Walker time. Uh, Maybe even DJ Dallas time might be worth an ad for sure, I think. But uh, this this is Kenneth Walker time. And I know, Armin, you already mentioned you've had a, a lot of people kicking the tires to try and scoop up Walker and I think it was Dynasty and maybe it was a redraft or something like that too. But um, how pumped are you now that you can finally see you, – you were, you were standing on the, the soapbox there for Kenneth Walker this offseason. So I imagine you're pretty, pretty excited to see what he can do with the, with the full backfield. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. It sucks that uh, Penny went down. Um, it's, a, it's a bittersweet moment right now because, yeah, I was, uh, I was rooting for Penny but also rooting for Kenneth Walker. But – at least, uh, at least Penny did show his worth there a little bit, and maybe he can find a deal somewhere else next year. And Walker is probably taking over that Seattle backfield for, for the future now. And he is explosive. He ripped off a huge run, um, this week, and it was it was awesome to see. I can't wait to see him 
take over this backfield. It helps that the Seattle offense has been a lot better than we anticipated in the offseason, too. Like, they've actually looked like a very, very high-functioning offense compared to, you know, the Denvers and Carolinas we've been watching the past couple weeks. But uh, speaking of another uh, player that I imagine there's a lot of expectations around, and that would be coming from Zach. Um, You know, Ramondre Stevenson was one of his my guys. Uh, He was pretty excited for Ramondre coming into the season. I think it was obviously for or a major focal point of that was because of what we're going to talk about here. Damon Harris uh, is going to be missing. I would expect multiple weeks now with a hamstring injury. He went down early in the, in the game against Detroit, which we're just going to skip over that part there. Uh, but he went down early. Ramondre Stevenson had himself a, a, a nice little week actually. And uh, now he's going to be the lead back for new England moving forward until obviously Harris comes back from this injury. So uh, is I imagine the expectations are pretty high for you, Zach with Ramondre and, is it somebody that you'd be willing to plug and play uh, week in, week out for the foreseeable future? I think so. Uh, looking at his attempts uh, this week against the Lions, they're pretty high at 25 attempts. Um, but that's quite unpatriot-like. Uh, I think the reason that happened was twofold, uh, because they were beating the Lions over the head, uh, basically from the jump. And well, we then- said we were just going to skim over that part, right? <laughs> oh, we didn't agree to nothing there. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they, they got on them pretty quick, and they're just running the ball with, you know, rather have the hands and the running the ball in the hands of the running backs than uh, the ball in Bailey Zappi's hand. Um, and then also, they only dressed two running backs uh, on Sunday, Harris and Stevenson. So when you lose one, you only have one to give the ball to. So um, I wouldn't expect that type of usage um, going forward. Uh, would look for like a Pierre Strong to come in as a active uh, member of the team, no longer being inactive, and possibly Kevin Harris off the practice squad as well might come in who had a nice little preseason. But what I would look for is uh, Stevenson getting more and more uh, targets. Uh, the previous two weeks he had five apiece and he put up uh, some decent little numbers there. And uh, that's what I'm excited to see more of. Uh, That's why he was one of my guys at the beginning of the year uh, with James White retiring and uh, Ty Montgomery being on the IR. I thought he'd be involved in the passing game quite a bit more. Uh, And maybe with him just being on the field more now, out of necessity, he might finally get those targets. Well, and you know he's going to be the goal line back now too, for sure. Like each game you kind of look into – you would speculate who gets it, but it's kind of one of those, the Patriot system seems to be one of those hot hand systems, especially in the goal line. Cause it's been kind of back and forth on who's been getting it. So now, you know, at least you're going to get the receiving, well, hopefully get the receiving work, but then guaranteed to get the goal line work as well too. Yeah. The past two weeks I've been burned by uh, Harris and Stevenson. Uh, two weeks ago, I went with Stevenson and he burned me pretty bad with Harris having like 20 plus points. And then this week I'm like, all right, learned my lesson. I'm going to play Harris and, you know, first uh, couple of series there, he's gone. So I was like, oh, I just can't win with you guys. God dang it. Hey, I'll, I'll give you a hint. You guys like, uh, wager wheel this game? <laughs> yeah. I we don't did. think we ag- – oh, we did? Oh, well, great. Well, I don't know if we agreed to it, but I will be – Zach was very hesitant, but I will be the one that spins it because <laughs> I should feel great shame for having watched that entire football game. I'll tell you that You're- you're now 0-2 against Zach and I's teams. Oh, you know, With the tiebreaker there, Armin. Give me, give, me uh, some, give me some slack to you guys. you got to remember, I'm cheering for the Detroit Lions here. Like, we haven't had a winning season in, like, nine years, so. 
Um, we'll go through the rest of these actually kind of quickly. Uh, this, this one, Baker Mayfield, high ankle sprain out for a significant amount of time. Uh, it's looking like the x-rays came back negative, so he's not going to hit the IR, but I would expect him to miss at least two or three weeks. Not that you are super excited to play Baker regardless, uh, especially now after firing Matt Rule. It looks like they're attempting to maybe clear house. I know there's speculations that, you know, they might be willing to move some players now to try and kickstart this rebuild. So eyes and ears on DJ Moore and CMC is kind of where that was speculated to go. I don't know whether that happens or not, but definitely would make things a little more exciting. Um, Darren Waller, we talked about went down to that hamstring injury, uh, put up a goose egg because he went down early. Uh, they do have the bye week this week, but it is something to obviously monitor if you're the Darren Waller owner that uh, you're coming back off the bye week. Hopefully it's just a minor tweak and it was just a precautionary thing, but they did hold them out pretty early and for the remainder of the game. So I would be keeping my eyes on that one. Another one to monitor is Tyreek Hill and James Conner. Tyreek Hill was spotted in a walking boot following the game uh, as he was stepped on, but uh, who knows what the repercussions of that might happen throughout the week. Continue to watch as he potentially is going to get in limited or full practice reps in this, this week. Uh, obviously, too, the I'd be monitoring Teddy Bridgewater because he exited that game pretty early. He did clear concussion protocol, but they went to an undrafted rookie third string right after that, and that was uh, pretty much the end of Miami uh, as it was for the foreseeable remainder of that game against the Jets. Same with James Conner, too. He's a little banged up, too. And we talk about lots. You follow the money and follow the transactions. And Arizona went out and signed a veteran running back, uh, Corey Clement. So meaning that, you know, they're a little bit concerned about their running back room with uh, being banged up right now. So I don't know for sure if that means James Conner is going to miss time or how much he's going to miss. Uh, but if you're James Conner owner, I'd be definitely monitoring that. And lastly, this one, um, at the time of recording right now, uh, we're recording on the Tuesday, we don't know for sure if there's going to be some repercussions. I can see this being not drug out for a while, but there's no sense of urgency, I don't think, from the NFL to maybe push the envelope on this right away because Vegas does have a bye week this upcoming week. But if you didn't see the video following the Monday nighter, Devontae Adams, as they, he collided um, to end the game, gets off the field, smashes the helmet on the ground in frustration. Obviously, he's quite upset about the way the game ended because he did actually have a pretty awesome day. Not only his fantasy, but he had a he was doing like just contributing to the success of Vegas. But as he was leaving the game, a photographer was running across his path and two hand pushed him pretty good. So I, I imagine for sure there'll be a fine or some sort of uh, repercussion from that. But there's even talks that there could potentially be a suspension as well too. Um, he is not a repeat offender. This is his first uh, altercation that I could at least find. So if anything, I wouldn't expect it to be more than two games. I'm thinking maybe it might end up being a one gamer, but the more people you kind of talk to that with it, just being a first offense, it might be a hefty fine. And then, you know, now he's on the offense list that, it, you know, gets worse over time. But, um, I don't know. Do you guys think he gets suspended or just, or just a fine? I know we talked about this a little bit already, Armin, but, uh, Zach, what do you think? No, like it just seems like such a boneheaded decision. Um, hopefully there's more to it. Um, and it wasn't just like an absolute uh terrible decision from Adams. Um, but honestly, I think like a suspension would be uh warranted, I think. So I'd be mm. fine with the suspension. Um because but because the NFL's uh, policy on that sort of thing is so up in the air from time to time, yeah. he might just get like a fine. Who knows? 
that's that's what I'm praying for. I just made a trade for him. So <laughs> I, the uh, one tough thing is, is the NFL has to consider as well as like he was wearing an NFL jersey on an NFL field, like shoved a certified reporter, right? It's so I I wouldn't be surprised if there was a a one or two game suspension there, but I'm I'm thinking one. I'm thinking. It'll be a, a real hefty fine in one. I'm hoping nothing. Obviously, Armin's talking about he's trying to make a trade right now in uh, his redraft <laughs> for Adams. Um, I made a gentleman's agreement uh, Sunday morning. <laughs> it was a real kick in the pants. I said, unless somebody goes down to a season-ending injury, then we're going to decline this, this deal. But I made a deal Sunday morning to get uh, Derrick Henry and to get Devontae Adams on my dynasty team. And uh, it couldn't go through because Jerry Judy was a piece of it because he played in the Thursday night. So... We said, gentlemen's agreement, we'll pass this through Monday night after the game's all finish, as long as there's no season in it. And he said, yep, gentlemen's agreement, deal's a deal. They both have incredible weeks. And I'm like, well, I would have won if I would have had those in the roster, which which sucks, but whatever. And then now he's going to be suspended. So I'm like, oh, well, sucks, but that's a gentleman's agreement. So moving forward, now I'm hoping he doesn't catch that suspy, but uh, it is what it is. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, continue on the week. I mean, we're talking about a little bit of the weekly recaps here in some of these games, but uh, we'll go into the studs and duds. And I really wanted to make my stud of the week, um, Travis Kelsey, just because <laughs> single-handedly almost made me come back and win that one. But, um, you know, four touchdowns is incredibly impressive, but the statistics that went with it were kind of lackluster. So uh, I wanted to go with a guy that gives me a little bit of confidence and if you can, I mean, it's going to be difficult, especially in, in dynasties, it's going to be impossible. But redraft, it's going to be difficult now, too, because there's two good weeks in a row. So I want to give that vote of confidence and then say, go get them, because this fantasy week could have been absolutely monstrous. And uh, I'm going with running back Brees Hall for the New York Jets. Uh, so you put up 26.7 fantasy points, which is like a really good week. Like, that's a good week. I think he, uh, yeah. Uh, just about 200 all-purpose yards. He had 18 attempts with 97 yards and one score. And then he had two receptions on two targets for 100 uh, yards. And he went down on the one-yard line twice when then Michael Carter came in and punched it on the one-yard line twice. So it very well could have been a 18 for 98 and or 18 and 99 and three. And we're talking about a fantasy performance of like 38 points. Uh, so it would have been a huge week for Brees Hall, uh, but now we're just talking about a really, really good week. So if I were somebody, I'd be going to kick the tires and trying to get my hands on Brees Hall. I wouldn't be buying low. I'd be paying market value because I think just it's going to keep going. He's going to keep eating into Michael Carter. And this Jets offense looks really, really good. Like that's that's clicking on all cylinders here. Um, so I, I'd be buying into that one if I can. So that's uh, my side of the week is going to be uh, Brees Hall. Zach, you want to share yours? Yeah, so uh, this choice of mine is going to be controversial, I think, on a few fronts. Um, I picked the New England Patriot defense, um, and then depending at the source that you look at, they scored anywhere from 22 uh, points on FanDuel to 37 on Sleeper. Um, so I used the Sleeper points for 37 just to look really gaudy and impressive. <laughs> Uh, but the reason I picked them is just to highlight the randomness and the complete uh, tomfoolery that is fantasy defenses. Um, I think if you want to include defense in fantasy, that's fantastic. 
Um, people make poor choices all the time, and I'm not going to judge you for it. Um, <laughs> but if you if you really want to include defense, play IDP. Uh, don't play with team defenses. Um, I think I always suggest when people bring up changes to your uh, leagues, I always suggest defenses being removed and uh, they hardly ever get approved. People seem to like them for the reason. And the reason people like them uh, is like, oh, it's the randomness of the game. Like, who cares? Like, nobody played the Patriots. They suck, but they scored 37 points um, against the number one scoring team in the league, the Lions. Like, were the Lions probably due for a bad week with Jared, with Jared Goff? Probably. The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like 37 points, come on. I don't have the stats to back it up, but I bet they were the top scoring commodity on sleeper uh, this past week, unless there's like some obscure league that has like Tyree, Kill, um, Taysom Hill. I think he was the number one player of 41 points, which talking random right there. Again, exactly. Like, <laughs> like things like that are like, at least Taysom Hill, like, does stuff that you're like, oh, maybe he's going to get some goal line work. Maybe he's going to get this, that, and the other. Um, but like the pass and any defense that puts up points like that, it's complete randomness. Um, get him out of there. We don't need him. You'll be better for it. So you made a comment there, Zach, and uh, actually I kind of like it quite a bit about the moving into like an IDP. And I've never been in a full IDP league, so I can't really give the pros and cons of that. But I do like the idea of in redraft leagues, having a, a linebacker, a defensive lineman, and then like, a, you know, like a corner safety or some sort of DB, you know, so you have a DB linebacker and you can rotate it, whichever you want. You want all three from the same team, have at it. It's like having one defensive player is I think kind of a little bit ridiculous. Like most people would probably start linebackers in my sense. I think that's the rally at the most points. Uh, but if you have to have one of each, I imagine they'd still go towards the back end of the drafts, kind of like how, defense and kickers usually do but then at least like there's a little bit of skill involved in it and I've I've preached that or not preach it but I've proposed it, I suppose in some leagues and same thing it got shot down they wanted to keep the, the regular defenses in there but I think if a team or a league was trying to transition to it I think that would be the way that I would want to do it because then it's you know you're not going all in where you have to start three linemen and three linebackers and then two dbs and you're starting 18 players in a week but this way it's three players. And then you have an additional, say, five extra spots on the bench. It's very manageable. Uh, but then it just adds a lay, another layer of skill to it. But that's my opinion of somebody that spends a lot of time in, in fantasy. And then there's the random people that go, uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills defense is good. I'm playing the Buffalo Bills defense. So, I mean, it's like you said, there's, there's so much. Ra I, I don't like the randomness. I like to focus on the skills and the decisions. I don't like when a kicker goes out there and gets 31 fantasy points and you lose because of a kicker. I dislike that. That really bothers me. So that's why I really am pro anti kickers and anti defenses, but just, just get me started on a whole, a whole nother rant here. <laughs> but, the people but, that I like think. that people that like defenses are also the same people that will draft a defense in like the eighth round. Or even, you know, like the, like even the, I'll give them the 10th round, even, you know, where you're starting to go, oh, do I want that uh, sixth wide receiver or do I want to go, or are the kickers too, or do I want Justin Tucker? And it's like, I'll go for, like, it makes more sense for me to go after the Justin Tucker than the defense. I get it. Like, Justin Tucker's on really, he's really good, but like, defenses, no thanks. No thanks. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, so here's the thing is like, 
IDP, if you want to go into that, right, it's awesome. But there's so many people that aren't as into fantasy as maybe we are. Or other That's people what I'm are. saying. Yeah. So you need guys that, that know that because it's a whole like you got to know so many more players. It pretty much, well, depending on how many IDP players you go, it could double how many players you need to know about the NFL. But I mean, you can um, still go based on the projections too. Like lots of people do that for the defenses, anyways. Uh, you look yeah. at the projections, and oh, Pittsburgh's projected to get nine points, and Cleveland's projected to get six. Well, I'm gonna pick up Pittsburgh. You know, there's yeah. there's no rhyme or reason to that, but you can also look that okay, Vern. Like you know, you've been looking at the brothers, like JJ Watt versus TJ Watt. Uh, okay, one's projected to get ten, one's projected to get eight. Well, I'm gonna pick up the projection for ten. You know, you can still you can still get by, but I mean, like you said, I, I agree with you, Armin, that we'd obviously spend a lot more time in that and doing the you know, the player matchups and vice versa and stuff like that too. But I mean, you could definitely get by with just straight projections, but I do agree with what you're saying. That <laughs> I mean, I'm in a full IDP dynasty. Um, it's like, it's, it's pretty like all encompassing. I think it's my favorite league though. Um, and uh, like I obsess over it. I'm always on it and I'm always tweaking it. Um, the linebackers, like you mentioned earlier, those are like your stalwarts on defense. Um, you can start three, I think, up to three. And th- that's kind of like the heart and soul of my, de- of my defense. I got like Roquan Smith. I got Devin Lloyd, uh, Shaquille Leonard, who formerly Darius Leonard. Yeah, He's been stinking it up this year, but he's been hurt. Uh, Jordan Brooks, uh, Pete Werner. Like those are like, pretty good guys to have like pretty good linebackers yeah um and like those names are more familiar to most people i think especially like a devin lloyd a roquan smith uh darius slash shack leonard um but yeah don't don't be fooled like the guys that i have on my defensive line like i have no idea who these people are like (laughs) jay hill defensive tackle for cincinnati like sure great uh just he was just in the last draft wasn't he he's a rookie right no i think he's he's like he's younger i I picked him off of waivers a while like a year ago i think uh brian burns like that's kind of a a common name yeah but yeah for the most part like your defensive linemen are they're getting you like four points a game yeah um unless like brian burns goes just like out of this world and picks you up like three sacks, which yeah, or gets one of those random like tip balls in the air picks kind of thing. Yeah. And then you can do some damage with your secondary, but you're going all safety, like a good cornerback, like Darrell Revis would have sucked because nobody's throwing at Revis. Yeah. And, and like, that, sure. That you get points for IDP too. Right. It's like the good players or the names that people in the secondary. They shouldn't have a lot of like stats. Jareer Alexander. Not many people are probably going to start him because he just doesn't get thrown at. Yeah, but like Derwin James, Buda Baker, Duggar for the Patriots, uh, Jawan Brisker for the Bears. Like these, are, these are safeties that like play in the box and they get some tackles and yeah, and then you get points for returns too, returns as well. So you could have a corner that's kind of like a bit of a bum, like a. I don't know, reserve corner, but he's going to get you like return yards. So yeah, I don't know. I, don't. I like it because I think it takes a little bit more, like you said, not skill, but it takes a little bit more attention and, and effort yeah. than just being like, oh, like, yeah, sure. 
I'll I play the Bills defense. Send me a trade offer, not send me a trader, but send me like the offer for my opinion on the deal. And it involved Micah Parsons. So right off the bat, I said, I'm on IDP league. So I don't know basically what the value of this stuff is, but I said, I know that obviously linebackers carry value. Micah Parsons is very young and very good. So I don't know. I can't give too much value. I can tell you about the offensive players and what I perceive the value is, but I, oh, I had a hard time evaluating this offer because I just don't play it. So I don't know what that offer is. I don't know how many points Parsons would get. Obviously I know he's a young linebacker. So I imagine that carries a lot of value, but he was, yeah, that's, he'd, he'd be real good. He's probably one of my better players on my team. So it was, it was hard to evaluate that. I mean, we're talking a lot of defense here and, and which has an impact on most people right now, but this is more a pitch I would say to obviously transition next year, I, I would say. And, and maybe, you know, this is something that we maybe put in the charity league next year. You know, it's, one that we like to have a little fun in the charity league. It's a little usually obscure rules. Maybe that's something that we'll look at doing next year. Before we move on, I just want to add one more thing. Um, there is nothing more frustrating in that league than at the start of the season when uh, MFL, the platform that we use, updates the player positions. And you'll have like a defensive lineman who was like a, a pass rusher go to a linebacker. And you're just like, son of a gun. Like <laughs> this guy was like a solid, like 60 point defensive lineman, which is good, but now he's playing linebacker and he's going to get me 60 points when uh, Ro- Roquan Smith was like 120, like super frustrating. I drafted uh Kayvon Thibodeau in our rookie draft this year. And I was like, that's ah, perfect. He's going to be a good pass rusher. He's going to be somebody that I think would be a good defensive player or a defensive defensive lineman. And he was listed as a defensive lineman, but like a week later when they updated the positions, he was a linebacker. And I was like, shit. So as a, as an outside linebacker, just technically a pass rusher, like that's just, yeah. yeah. So I went straight to everybody's roster in that league. And I fired off a one for one trade for their best uh, defensive player, defensive lineman ended up getting burned. So pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a tough one i'm curious you know talking about the the positional stuff i'm curious if something's gonna happen with Taysom hill here once again that uh, we've crossed this bridge a few times but that's uh now we're really diving deep into <laughs> into this here armin do you want to share your uh stud of the week yeah yeah you know zach someone must have really hurt you for us to take this defensive uh um detour here uh, you must have got burnt hard in some redraft league, someone playing Patriots. But my stud of the week is uh, none other but Lenny Fournetter, fan favorite. Fournetter, <laughs> hold on, I think I have the drop still. Hold on, let me find it. Get the net. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he put up 30.9 uh, half point fantasy points this week um 14 rushing attempts for 56 yards which doesn't sound like much but then he also had a td and then 10 catches for 83 yards and a touchdown as well so that tweet that Fournette put out saying touchdowns are on the way it's a little later than what he was probably hoping but finally happened and glad to see him finally in the passing game a little bit more and um hopefully uh he continues to to roll now that uh that he's got his feet underneath him as well. And the weird thing too, is that Rashad white is, is uh, starting to emerge a little bit more and more every week. And yet for still had his best week yet. So 
That was pretty fire under his butt a little bit, eh? Get the, get the fire going, eh? Get the fire under his butt. Keep him motivated. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll get into the duds here. Um, something that I like to do uh, personally when we do the dud section is somebody that I think is still pretty talented or pretty good, um, and then they have the bad week, so it, it gives a little bit of incentive to maybe try and go and target those people, uh, especially in redraft. In Dynasty, it's a little bit harder because there's that built-in built in longevity value. Uh, but in redraft, when somebody's a bad week, uh, lots of fantasy managers maybe get a little bit tilted or they get pissed off and maybe, maybe actively looking to trade that person. And the person I'm going to talk about is Drake London, rookie wide receiver from the Atlanta Falcons. Now this one comes with a, uh, maybe a be warned, uh, like a warning label because it's two bad weeks in a row. And it seems inevitable that a QB change is going to happen in the near future here. Um, Atlanta is struggling a little bit and they need to figure out what they've got in Desmond Ritter as they are going to be eventually, I'm, I'm guessing a top five draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft um, that they need to figure out what they've got in Desmond Ritter because um, the long, the long-term answer um, you don't know unless you play him and they're going to get in a situation where if they don't play him at all this season, then you're coming up to the draft. You have this kind of highly aspect draft pick uh, hype coming draft season. You got him pretty late. Uh, he's pretty mobile, pretty athletic, but what is he? And then you're going to be kind of playing this what if for the remainder of the season. So I, I kind of foresee a similar situation like what Pittsburgh did and getting Kenny Pickett in early. Uh, I, I kind of see something that possibly happening in Atlanta. So is that QB change going to be good or bad for Drake London? That's tough to say. So that's where this trade uh, target gets a little bit uh, sketchy because yeah, he was getting pepper with targets early in the in the season. And those targets were coming in about a 60% reception rate. Uh, which was helping carry him into some fantasy uh, fantasy relevance. But two bad weeks in a row this past week, he was uh, seven targets, four receptions for 35 yards for a total of 5.5 points. So there is a bit of sketchiness with Drake London moving forward. And I think fantasy managers might be feeling that a little bit. So there might be a buy low uh, opportunity for Drake London. So I, I'd be going to look to kick those tires on, on, a, on a bad performance from Drake London. So he's my dud. Um, Zach, are you looking to do the same thing with yours? Uh, yeah, like this is somebody that has put up some very impressive weeks uh, to this point and somebody that I was starting with complete confidence up until this week. And uh, this week, it just didn't come together for him. Uh, Christian Kirk put up 2.1 half point points uh, this week on only one of three receiving for 11 yards. Um, I am not going to sit here and BS you and tell you that I watched that game. Uh, my wife gave me a very strict limit of one game this weekend at the <laughs> in-laws house. So use that on the Patriot game. But uh, yeah, it was very surprising when I saw that stat line uh, Sunday night. So I don't know what happened, but uh, hopefully it was just a blip on the radar and things are uh back up and going for him so you know what zach i i'm sure my wife would have given me the same limit but uh my mother-in-law is actually a uh sport fan just any sport she likes to throw on and watch so uh she threw on the nfl this weekend and i didn't even have hey oh god bless <laughs> yeah you made the right decision armin well done <laughs> Thank you. Uh, speaking of what's oh this one's gonna hurt a little bit eh, armand yeah you're done this one's with uh, a little bit of disappointment in the voice 
it, it pains me to say his name in the dud category. I don't even know if I want to. Jordan, can you say the name? Yeah, that would be running back uh, number two, maybe running back number three of the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Dylan. <laughs> yeah, he's not running back three on the team. I just got to throw that dig in there. Yeah, you know what? Uh, this one hurts. And kind of like what Jordan said, a guy with lots of potential that you might be able to buy low right now because this is probably going to be his worst game of the year. Um, but he only put up 3.4 half PPR points. And uh, it doesn't even matter if it's PPR standard he didn't have any catches this game not even a target um he ran six totes for 34 yards and like what's painful about this one is that like that that's actually not bad efficiency he was over five yards of carry um i don't know what green bay is doing with him like i i feel like they're misusing him it's yeah he's he he deserves more more usage it was a weird game though too like did you i don't know if you guys got up and watched that one that that morning it was it was a weird one like they were up decent points and then giants chipped away giants took the lead like it was kind of a weird game so i i I don't know i mean it's not like he's been producing significantly leading up to this week like he's been very mediocre leading up to this i think you know lack of usage i think is the best way to describe like he did but that, that game was uh, just a weird one in general, too, to throw that little seven. You know what, game, though? Start game, you know? If you want to grind out the win and use the clock when you got a lead, A.J. Dillon is the running back to use. So that's what blows my mind is in his usage this week was they had that lead and they could have used him to grind out the clock a little bit more. And they just decided not to. It was weird. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um. Well, if we before we get started into our weekly preview, um, we've been talking about like crazy. Uh, I know it's awesome. Actually, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine that's uh, the guy that got us hooked up with the uh, 22 Fresh, and uh, he's pretty excited about some of the big things coming out right away. Uh, their winter selection is just around the corner, and I know we're a football podcast, but he did tell me that they've got some really big things cooking here to do at the NHL um, and some partnerships coming up with some of the NHL teams right away. I know they, if you've been on their website and you've seen on their social medias, uh, they partnered up with Bauer and they got David Pasternak, a uh, big time uh, hockey player for the Boston Bruins uh, to be one of their, you know, I guess not spokespersons, but he's kind of wearing their 22 fresh gear around and stuff like that and kind of being their poster boys. So uh, they got some big things coming to do with hockey. I know we are a football podcast, but that's uh, awesome if you are just a sports fan in general. And uh, obviously the, the, the merchandise speaks for itself. We wear our stuff all the time. I wear my hat constantly. I'm going to have to invest in another one here. It's already getting a sweat ring because I wear it too often. But they're, they're all, they're, it's a great company, local company, so helping support Saskatchewan with great merchandise. So it's just kind of a, a you know, uh, it, it helps everybody out in that sense. But then what also helps you out too is our partnership with them as well, uh, helping save 15% off on checkout. So if you go onto their website at 22fresh.com and find, uh, you know, that nice new hoodie that you want to get, or, you know, I'm getting a new hat, so I'm going to do the same thing. You go into the, when you go into checkout, uh, insert the promo code 306FFB15. And on that checkout, you'll receive 15% off your total purchase. So making sure that uh, you're doing that to save yourself some, uh, some money on checkout while still getting the merchandise you desire. So uh, thank you very much, 22Fresh, for partnering up with us and helping our fans at home save 15% off using the promo code 306FFB15. Uh, with, uh, with that, we will get going into our weekly prep. 
24 hours after the game, you, you got to move on. Right now, we're preparing for Cincinnati. Uh, last week, actually, you guys hit the nail on the head, especially Zach. I think your George Pickens one was pretty gutsy, but uh, that one paid off. I think you have 14 points or 14 points, something like that. And Armin, you're me and Mostert looked good. And I thought my James uh, Robinson was a no-brainer smash. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness, did that blow up my face. That was just terrible. But I made up for that on my sit decision. And, and Antonio Gibson stunk. I know Adam Thielen stunk, so that was a good one, too. I don't know. I can't remember how Zeke ended up playing out, but I don't think he played it very good either there. So so the boys are pretty good. I let us down here on this one from going for a smash six for six. But uh, that'll happen. So uh, starting a weekly prep, Armand, uh, the, the Jared Goff, train i think came a screeching halt last week if not this week as he's on a uh, a bye week so we're in bipocalypse here i usually actually talk about who's on bye weeks here so right after armin I, I forgot to put this in here so that's my fault but right after armin starts discussing his full stream ahead here i will go on a list and i will uh, share who else is on bye week so without further ado armin you want to share your uh, full stream ahead this week all right yeah sorry folks for that jared goff gaff uh you know, I thought he would do better. The offense was humming and yeah. But this week, uh, I'm going to keep with the hot hand. And this guy's available in 61.1% of leagues and sleeper. I'm sure he's available in other apps as well. So he's most likely available still in your league. And that is Geno Smith, the Seattle Seahawks starting QB. And they're playing a suspect Arizona uh, defense this week. Um, and Arizona has a good offense, we know, so it should be a bit of a shootout. So hopefully we can see Geno Smith unleash a little bit. And you know what? He's currently sitting at QB five, um, on the season right now, which is surprising, um, five weeks in that he is sitting that high up there. Um, and you know what? I watched a little bit of the games and he kind of looks like Russell Wilson. I'm starting to wonder like if, if. <laughs> Seattle is more to like that offensive scheme is more the success of Russell Wilson than the talent of Russell Wilson himself, because I saw him roll out the one time and I was like, that's exactly how Russ rolled out when he was in Seattle. So, uh, you know, let's ride the Geno Smith train and he's got good weapons. You know, he's got Metcalf, he's got Lockett, he's got three tight ends that he's willing to hit with targets in the red zone there. Um, let's keep riding that Geno Smith train. Well, in Arizona, secondary stinks too. So that's, uh, that's yeah. going to help that situation out too. I'm curious when, you know, we talked about how much Kenneth Walker is going to be involved here too, but I, I think this is a good spot because his availability is definitely there. But I, I dropped the ball here. The teams on bye week is Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Las Vegas Raiders, and Tennessee Titans. So the chances of you missing out on your quarterback due to bye week is pretty unlikely. I know maybe a lot of teams were rostering Jared Goff. So then I guess there's one, uh, Derek Carr might be the other, but then Tannehill and, uh, um, oh my Mills are pretty unlikely to be your starting quarterbacks, but uh, there you might need to pivot regardless. Or if you're just you know totally unhappy with Ross and maybe you're uh dropping him and moving on, then Geno Smith is your guy. Uh, starts of the week this one, Zach. I, I nearly put this one here. Uh, the more and more I thought about it, this was the one. So I think uh, you know, we've been reading each other's minds here a little bit because I've been real happy with a lot of your starts, decisions, <laughs> and and even some of your other uh, things you put in the docket here lately. I've been really uh really happy about and this is one i think that uh it's a smash play for a lot of the same reasons we just discussed with armin so you want to share yours 
Yeah, by the sounds of things here, we're all becoming uh, one of the 12s or one of the, yeah, the 12s in, yeah. in uh, Seattle. Yeah. Pretty soon we'll all be throwing mackerel or whatever the hell they throw in that uh, that a street market that they always show on Fox. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm starting Tyler Lockett against the Cardinals for many of the same reasons that Armin just talked about with Gino. Um, the Arizona defense is less than stellar, uh, especially against the pass. And I know, like, I think a lot of people, and by the looks of things, Armin included, uh, think that there will be like a direct correlation between uh, Penny going out and Walker coming in, which may be the case. But I also wouldn't surprise me if uh, maybe they look to pass the ball just a little bit more in the meantime. Uh, to help Walker kind of get his sea legs uh, underneath him, especially with how well Gino's been moving the ball downfield. So I would look to start Tyler Lockett, who uh, hasn't seen fewer than five targets, I believe, since week one. And uh, he's been getting the ball kind of all over the field. And he had, I believe it's two, yeah, two touchdowns this week. So he's been getting the ball where he needs to get it. So Look for Tyler Lockett to have himself a nice little week this uh, this coming weekend. Well, in the one name, too, um, we're talking defense. And obviously, like I said, I don't play IDP, so the defensive names escape me at times. But uh, Arizona does have one really good corner, and I don't remember his name. Um, the rest of the secondary is not very good. Uh, but that one corner who's escaping me, anyways, he's pretty good. And the likelihood of he'll be on DK Metcalf, which means that <laughs> – there's going to be a lot of other open receivers as Tyler Lockett is considered the wide receiver two in the offense. So uh, I do like this, this play a lot there, Zach. Uh, Armin, you want to share yours? This one was inevitable. Yeah, that was a, that's a good take there. Uh, Lock, with Lockett there, Zach. And I, I like how you said pretty good there, Carrier. He sounded, I don't know what it reminded extra me Extra Canadian, of, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, extra Canadian. <laughs> He's pretty good. Um, anyways, my guy is uh, Kenneth Walker this week. You got to start him if you got him. Um, he could be an RB1 going forward for the rest of the season. Um, you, I talked about it earlier. He had a huge touchdown run last week coming in after the penny injury. He is dynamic. He is a um, touchdown at any play type of guy. He could score from anywhere on the field. So having that explosiveness mixed with his ability to um, get yards after contact as well, he is a locked-in starter for me for the rest of the season in whatever league I'm in. And I know Zach mentioned getting his sea legs under him. I don't think he needs it. He's been slowly coming back from his hernia, and he, he's ready to go. He's ready for the full workload this week. I, Armand, it was such a good pun, though. His yeah. sea legs, come on. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. Thank um, you. Yeah, and I think the best part of what you said, too, Armand, I don't know if you can expect a 30-point game from him, but if you got him, you got to play him. Like, what mm-hmm. else are you looking – what else are you holding him for? What else are you looking for? Like, what else – what more could you want from a predominantly run-focused offense – from a explosive player like what more could you want what more would you need to be able to put him in like do you want to see him prove it like I I don't know (laughs) I I think this is a no-brainer but I think people need the confidence to do it because a lot of people they want to see it happen first and I I think this is a a great decision you got to put him in your roster 
Um, my start of the week is actually in the in the same game, so it just happens to be all of our starts. I think we must think that this is going to be an explosive game. Um, I'm going Rondell Moore, uh, wide receiver slash utility knife uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, and um, I actually had Rondell on a lot of my rosters late in drafts because I was really excited to see what could happen from Rondell uh, with the suspension. Um, so he was going to be a focal point in this offense, I thought, with Hopkins being out. And then he was injured for the first three weeks and coming off this injury. And his, his utilization is starting to go up uh, a little bit here. And obviously, you're looking at uh, Hollywood Brown, who's, who's had himself quite a good season so far. And um, Seattle gives up quite a few points. We've looked at some explosive games that Seattle's been a part of. Uh, so I'm looking to target some opportunities in that uh, offense there, too. So I think... Uh, this sneakily might be one of the more exciting games of the week. I know we're all pretty excited for the KC Bills game, uh, but um, we, myself and Lucas, pre-recorded um, his takes. So those will be coming up here in about five minutes or so. And we talked about the possibility of that being a trap game. We talked about that Watts last year where those potentially high explosive games kind of let us down a little bit. Uh, I think this is one where it's going to be the poor man's explosion uh, for those types of fantasy production because you looked at Seattle has put up a lot of offense in the past. Arizona has been not as great, but they have a pretty poor secondary. So they're going to have to keep up with this. Uh, their run, uh, their run, I guess, running back room is a little banged up. We talked about James Conner being banged up. You know, Benjamin is the remainder, uh, remainder uh, healthy wide receiver, or healthy RB in the room. Sorry. Uh, so I think they're going to have to rely on Kyler's legs and Kyler moving the ball to stay, stay in this game here. So uh, I do like Rondale Moore to be utilized as a utility knife, but also as a, as the wide receiver two for the offense for this game. Uh, sit of the week here. Um, Zach, do you want to take the, take this away? Yeah. So I am looking at sitting uh, DJ Moore uh, just for this simple uh, fact. We don't know what this offense is going to look like now that Matt rule is gone. Um, I assume it won't make too many changes, especially since the season is, uh, you know, entering its sixth week. And then, um, but throwing in the unknown of PJ Walker, which we did see last year, but we didn't, didn't see him last year, um, you know, light the world on fire by any means. So uh, there's a whole lot of unknowns right now. And uh, there may be a situation where Carolina does some self-sabotaging where they put players like Moore, uh, McCaffrey, uh, guys like maybe Thompson on defense, guys that might fetch a good price on the market as trade assets. And they might hold them back a little bit uh, as we inch toward the trade deadline. Uh, considering I think Carolina only has four picks uh, in this upcoming draft, they may be looking to acquire more picks to help kickstart that rebuild. And DJ Moore is somebody that they could use to get a, a good pick in return. So they might do some self-sabotage and uh, hold them back a little bit. And if he plays, I don't have a lot of confidence in the former was it USFL XFL star? I don't know. Yep. PJ, uh, Walker. PJ Walker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, US whatever that one is. Yeah, if I remember. one of those spring leagues that lasted yeah three weeks. Yeah, 
It's like like a glorified spring training, just about. Yeah. Um, Armin, do you want to share yours? Yeah. Um, this one was a little weird, and I thought I would, I'd more put them down to discuss it with you guys because I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were. Um, T. Higgins, and I noticed Jordan changed. He is playing New Orleans Saints this week. I put in Baltimore because I was looking on Yahoo, and you know how they have, like, the the points that they get each week and it's zero for the point or the games that haven't been played yet and so i saw the zero and i went okay baltimore that's who they're playing and then yeah it's because he put up zero points last week um now he was listed as he was good to go the questionable take was taken off him and then what did he play like two snaps or something and then was out um yeah what do you guys feel about higgins uh going on to this week like what gives you the confidence to, to start him without having to worry that he is going to be limited or they're just going to pull him right away? Well, he was, remind me if I'm correct, he was battling a concussion. Is that correct? It was ankle injury is what okay. it's reported as. Okay, for some reason, I thought it was, if it was, I thought it was for some reason concussion, maybe he had that earlier in the year, which would make a lot more sense because they do with the new concussion policy. But yeah. uh, I, I think this is a team that, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a head scratcher. They're they're looking to win, um, or maybe like they think they're gonna like they're going to get into the playoffs and they want him to be healthy when they need him to win. But like this is a that was an important game. It was a divisional game against a divisional rival uh, who you're competing against for the division, and if not the division, possibly a wild card spot, I guess. Um, so it was a bit of a head scratcher. Obviously, he wasn't ready to go, but hopefully, a full week of health will get him back in but I don't know it, it is a head scratcher for me I don't, I don't know if you have anything else other than to share for that one Zach uh just yeah those things are frustrating and uh that's even I guess worse than being the Kamara owner two weeks ago that uh <laughs> kept him in uh as you slept through the beginning of kickoff because uh, you did everything that you were supposed to. You you probably monitored the injury reports. Uh, you saw that he was active. And then you, you rolled the dice on him, knowing that he was active and that the team thought he was good enough to play. And then everything came crashing down on you after a few possessions or a few uh, plays. So uh, those things are frustrating. Um, but, yeah, really nothing you can do because you did people that were in that position did what I think was everything right. Yeah. Especially yeah. in a primetime game. You thought if he's going to play, he's going to, he's going to do what he needs to do. But um, I'm, I'm going to sit uh, Jerry Judy. This one, this one sucks because he was somebody that I had high expectations for this entire offense, but we've been beating the drum here about how bad Denver's looked uh, this entire off season so far, or this entire season so far. Um, now there's rumors about, Russ having to go to LA to get a shot in his arm because something's wrong with his arm. And it's just, it's a mess. Um, he's not the one like Sutton is the one in that offense, even though Jer uh, Judy did get missed about three times for touchdowns in that game, uh, either underthrown or overthrown, but kind of helping my, my point here in this one that uh, Jerry Judy is somebody that I cannot put in my lineup with confidence. Um, Chargers offense or Chargers defense, I would have said is a great defense. They've been giving up some points to some head scratcher teams recently, but I still do think they are a talented defense. Um, but uh, it, it's not even the fact that it's a great matchup. It's, you know, I would consider maybe a, a neutral matchup for Judy, but the fact that the offense is just so poor, I just, I just can't imagine 
any sort of confidence in, in my starting lineup. So I'd be trying to look for a pivot until otherwise noted because he, like I said, that Thursday nighter, that, that one burns deep. That was just so painful to watch. And I just don't want to watch any more of that. Uh, any sort of prime time situations for, uh, for them. That's, uh, that's not something I want to be a part of. So. And they play prime time again this week. Yeah. I might just boycott it. <laughs> <laughs> but I paid my, I paid my dues on Thursday night. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money. All right. Here we are back with another edition of uh, Wellsy's Wagers. Uh, we're doing the week six edition here. Uh, it's tough to say this first week uh, below 500. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to put a little pressure on him, but. <laughs> I know the guy's going to bounce back here, but you know what? Thursday, he used a record of one and two. Uh, that one's just <laughs> – let's just chalk that up to literally the worst Thursday night football game that, I've ever seen. Thursday, Thursday night just sucked. <laughs> I remember texting Jordan, and the last play of the game, we could have went 3-0. and and Somehow. Somehow could have went 3-0. and All we needed was a touchdown to Judy. Judy, I think, was pretty much wide open, and Russ decided to force the ball again so one of my buddies uh he listens to the pod and follows us on instagram and stuff he messaged me he goes the fact that wellsy can go three for three on literally this last play of the game might be the luckily luckiest math on the planet <laughs> oh it was insane <laughs> there was so much i had so much pressure on myself watching that last play and then it was incomplete and i just felt completely defeated and the fact that like russ missed judy on three wide open touchdowns <sighs> is demoralizing but hey that's all right Two and two record on Sunday that, you know, you're winning some money, especially some a couple of the odds there. Like you're not losing money. That's for sure. Nope. And then, uh, so that puts him at a weekly record of three and seven. Like I said, first time below 500, but not a big deal. Cause he's batting still 59% at 13 for 22. Uh, so I, I would consider anything above 50% overall is incredibly good. Uh, you're definitely winning money in that point. And some of those ones were some pretty good odds so far in the, in the first couple of weeks that Wells he's been on board. So batting that just about 60%, uh, there's definitely, no complaints there. I mean, you're, you're taking money home. You shouldn't yeah. complain at no point here. Yeah, and any, anything of over – I would like to say anything over 55%, you're kind of making money. 50%, you're at about even 55 And up, that's probably that's probably the meal ticket right there. I mean, anything over that is gravy. We'll, we'll, we'll call that a heater at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 13 for 22 so far this year. I mean, I mean if you guys aren't following along – shame on you yeah you're just yeah you're it's free money yeah at this point okay so what do you got here for uh week six man the thursday nighter game is gonna stink i think it's gonna stink bears versus commanders uh i took bears money line minus 115 i think the uh, the under's at 38 so i'm gonna take the under on that um i got a high odd anytime td here if he plays i'm gonna throw a little money on deami brown anytime td I believe last week was his first week. He's a little nicked up again. So it's not looking – I don't believe he practiced today, so it's not looking like he's going to play. But if he does play at plus, at plus 350 – Two receptions, two touchdowns. That's, yeah, that's I a... mean, he almost, he almost, he's almost begging you to put money on him at this point. Uh, and then I got David Montgomery anytime TD plus 140. I mean, he's probably going to be the only guy that's going to score touchdowns for the Bears this week. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. I mean – if you guys can think of anything better, please let me know. Because, I mean, this game, there's not any big playmakers. I mean, yeah, it's about all I got for Thursday. Um, Sunday, 
I think there's a lot of money to be made here. Uh, I got Bengals Saints. I'm going to take the Bengals money line minus 130. Jags Colts. I'm taking the Jags money line plus 115. Then we got the Browns and the Patriots taking the Browns money line minus 150. Vikings and the Dolphins taking the over on that 44 and a half at minus 110. Bills and the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs money line. I want plus 130. I know the Bills look unreal and they're looking like the best team in the league, and they very well could be. What would you got plus money on Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey? Pretty tough not to take those odds. So that's what I'm going to roll with. I don't have it on the top of my head, but that's one where whatever the over under is, I just want to smash the over, but that almost might seem like a trap because we've been had this. I think we talked about a lot last year uh, where those, those big games you have the expectations that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and there's going to be an absolute ton amount of points and it's going to hammer you over and everybody that plays is going to be fat fantasy magic but this might be one of those trap ones but man do i hope it hits the over like the over under on that one right now on is it tuesday tuesday yeah. tuesday is over under 54 points that's a lot of points <laughs> so i'm going to stay away from that because i think if anything it'll be a trap game but yeah they're sitting at plus 130 it's kind of hard not to um, take Patrick Mahomes at plus money. I mean, this week on Monday, uh, the Chiefs were down 20 points, sprinkled a little money on on them to make a comeback, like a full D, Jen. <laughs> look at where we're at. Yeah. So, like you look at that one. That's one where everybody wants to, you know, bet the over, bet the over, bet the over. Like you said, trap game kind of situation. Like you don't want to bet the under because you want it to be a high scoring game. But the chance of getting 54 points, like you said, that's. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. That's that's a minimum 30 to 24 football game. It's got to be above that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's still quite a bit of points. And they both have pretty decent defenses, but explosive offenses. So, I'm curious to see what, what this game's going to look like. But Yeah, I think um, I think the Chiefs, if they're, if it's going to stay under, I think the Chiefs are going to have to hold the Brown – or the, the Bills, the air attack down. Because, yeah. I mean, realistically, the Bills run game stinks. It's not very good. They have Gabe, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. So, I mean, if you can contain even one of those guys, pro- chances are it's probably going to hit the under. And, like, Travis Kelsey's not going to get four touchdowns. No. <laughs> no, he's, he's not. He's not. And he's got to take care of uh, Josh Allen on the ground because that's what's going to happen if this Chiefs defense is going to give up a ton of points. I think it's going to be Allen that's yeah. going through his reads, a lot of man defense, and then he's just going to see turn heads and he's just going to wheel around. So Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. But I think I'm staying away from the overrun on that. Like I said, 54 is a lot of points. And – Chances of it hitting the under are very likely. Yeah, but don't want to cheer for the under. No, life's too short to bet the under. (laughs) Anything else? Uh, I guess maybe uh, we're at week six here now. Maybe a little bit of update. How's the fantasy teams looking too? Uh, Not very good, to be honest with you. I have one league. I'm like power ranked. I'll take power rankings as you will. I'm power ranked as the third best team, and I'm one and four. I have not played a team since week one to score under 125 points. But it sucks you got JT on that list. Yeah, J- and JT's out. So, I mean, way it goes. I mean, I'm in a dynasty with uh, Jordan, and I believe Armin's in that league. And Zach as well, too. And Zach. So, I'm looking like I've got a pretty good chance there. I uh, just made a big trade. I traded for uh, – in another league. Well, I guess in, in the dynasty league, I yeah. traded for DeAndre Swift. Jordan's been on my case about him, but he just fleeced another guy, so I might have to fleece him <laughs> back. So, we'll see what happens. I did just make another trade in one of my other leagues. I traded uh, Zach Ertz, Antonio Gibson, and Tyler Boyd. I got Kittle, James Robinson, 
and who's the other guy? One other one. Other, oh, Jerry Judy. So if, well, if you can see my face right now, that's absolutely unbelievable. So I mean, like realistically, <laughs> come on. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in another league with everybody's like brand new as well. For the most part, most guys have done like one year, maybe two most. So I'm one of the more experienced guys. So I'm trying to get CMC. He's on, this guy's 0-5. I've currently offered him Daryl Henderson and Keenan Allen. And he said he's going to mull it over for the day. So I'm going to come back next week and let you know. <laughs> That's where you okay, twist my arm. I'll yeah. throw something else. Yeah, I'll, I'll sprinkle in another guy. Uh, I mean, that would give me in that league, I would have Derrick Henry, CMC, and Nick Chubb. And it's a flex. Yeah, you'll be doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, you'll so, be doing all right. So I'm, as long as I've been in another league, I'm, I'm 0-5. So take that as you will. Yeah, I kind of blew my load last year and I – don't have anybody this year so i don't want to say it too low but i'm on five in one league too it's only a 10 team league and eight make playoffs so i mean i only got sprinkling a couple wins yeah, before here three but wins. yeah but I'm, I'm in trouble it hasn't been good lost three more running backs in the last two weeks it's been bad yeah that stinks gotta keep grinding gotta keep grinding yep right on right on well thanks for joining us wells in week six and hopefully we can keep getting that percentage higher and like we said, we can get you close to that 70% mark. Uh, I'm not going to say it out loud. I mean, too loud for the people in the back there, but that's borderline heater territory. Yeah, that so would be unbelievable. No, knock if on, I can go 70% for the NFL year, I might quit my day job. Yeah, knock on a little bit of wood for that one. But <laughs> thanks for joining us, Wellesley. Anytime, boys. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for uh, episode number 63 here, fellas. Uh, anything, anything you want to add in before we uh, wrap this episode up? I don't think we have to worry about any like 7.30 starts this week, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing not having to wake up so early, although I did kind of enjoy it. I woke up with the, with the little toddler boy and um, just we watched football and he played. And Sip on good. some coffee and watch some football. I'd say it's not bad. I mean, if it was like 8.30, 9 o'clock, it would have been a little bit better. 7.30 is a bit of a stretch for me, but uh, I'll take, take that. But no, one thing too with – bye weeks and stuff I will maybe mention too is picking up players that you want to throw in there or starting players that maybe predominantly wouldn't be in your starting lineup and look at the Thursday nighters the Bears versus Commanders maybe two teams you might not normally have in your lineups but you might be forced into a situation where maybe you are starting um, you know maybe you want to put uh, Robinson in your starting lineup coming off of the uh, his first uh, first start or first back involvement in the NFL uh, maybe you want to start um, Diami Brown you know, I'm just talking, throwing out some names there that are um, possibilities of entering your lineup. Make sure they're not in your flex. Make sure you're putting those into your starting lineup and leave that uh, flexibility uh, as you enter your Sunday, Mondays, just because we are entering bye weeks, we're entering injury time, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, so those are some common mistakes that you might make that might uh, pigeonhole you in, in the remainder of the weeks. But any, anything else there, fellas, other than uh, week six is upon us, uh, don't actually, you know, we should maybe should have talked about this earlier. If you're that one in four team, don't mail it in. You know, it's it's pretty easy to mail it in. I've heard lots of people say, Oh, I'm selling out already for next year. And maybe if you're in a keeper league, I guess it's it sucks. You got to do what you got to do. But if you're in that redraft league, like there's lots of people I know that have been one in four sneak into that eight or seven spot. The whole point is to win money. And uh if you paid that 40, 50 bucks or whatever it was for your league and and all of a sudden you get a rocky start and you just mail it and you still got a ton of football left. Do what you got to do, pick up some players, make some trades, do what you got to do and, and get yourself into the, get yourself in the playoffs there. Keep the faith like Billy Joel would say. <laughs>
exactly. Maybe we'll wrap it up on that one there. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening to episode number 63 on behalf of myself, Zach Armand and uh, Lucas, as well as 22 fresher major sponsor of the NFL season. Thank you very much for listening. Take care, everybody. And uh, good luck in week three. Hopefully you don't have to uh, be relying on any uh, Denver offensive pieces here. So uh, anyways, <laughs> take care, take care, everybody. And uh, uh, let's talk soon. <laughs>